You're listening to the Writing Wall Podcast, and I'm your host, Stacey Hawks. Every second and fourth Saturday of the month, I will be here at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. This podcast is designed for indie authors to have a platform to share their books, their poetry, and their stories. We also feature well-known and traditional writers that are from my home state of North Carolina, while also featuring local writers from my backyard right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Allegheny County. You can connect with us on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram at WritingsOnTheWall85 and grab our links there to our website so that you can keep up with what's happening with our monthly newsletter. Newsletters go out the first of every month and you can also sign up to follow us on the Wix app because everyone has a story. We want to hear yours. What is your story? Writing Wall Podcast. I'm here with the one and only Bill Nelson of Firm Grip. One reviewer says the author allows you and draws you into his intimate life, specifically his battle with terminal cancer, yet it's not just about him, and it most certainly is not. Welcome, Bill, and thank you so much for being part of Season 6. Hello, Stacy. Thank you for having me. It is truly an honor. Share with listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, or where you're residing, and what genre you write. Well, I am an attorney, I'm a writer, and I'm a speaker. I earned a business administration degree from Taylor University and a Juris Doctorate from Valparaiso University School of Law. I live on the southern tip of Lake Michigan in Northwest Indiana, where I've been in private law practice for a little over 30 years, and where I also serve as a part-time public defender. Uh, My genre is nonfiction memoir-ish. I say memoir-ish because uh, Firm Grip is not just about my life, but I tell stories of others as well. Tell us about Firm Grip. I guess to tell about Firm Grip, I need to back up a little bit and say how it came about. Because, uh, you know, Stacey, unlike a lot of the other authors you've hosted here, I did not have a lifelong dream to become an author. It was not a bucket list item to publish a book. I enjoyed writing, and I have done some writing in the past, but a book was never in the plans. But neither was getting diagnosed with a rare and incurable form of cancer at age 51. So the book really is a product of of a journey I never wanted to go on. I didn't ask for, but showed up in my life, and it forced me to take that journey. Because it was rare and incurable, that doesn't usually bode well for a a good prognosis. But I'm sitting here talking to you today, almost seven years later. So I'm still here. And when I felt like I cheated death and didn't die when I thought I would, I started asking myself the question of how do I want to live going forward? And as I explored the answer, answers, I should say, to that question, I started seeing life uh, with clearer eyes, a wider lens, and new perspectives. And what I learned in that process was so significant in my life that I started writing about it. And friends encouraged me to keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And guess what? Firm Grip became the results of that effort. How did you come up with the title for your book and what does it mean to you? 
you know, a lot of people are surprised when they read the book. They say to me, I thought the title was about you getting a firm grip on this horrible journey that you were forced into with cancer. But it's actually not. Firm grip, actually, the title comes from the message version of scripture from Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10 out of the message version says, Don't panic. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. And that verse, Stacy, was so instrumental in my life in those darkest, darkest days when there was so much uncertainty and so much medical processes and testings and surgery going on that I eventually got to a point where I couldn't keep saying the verse over in my head again because it was longer. I just started using those two words, firm grip, firm grip, firm grip. And that became such an instrumental part of getting me through, again, some of the darkest days of, of this cancer journey. And firm grip was a place where I started realizing that if I can trust that I'm in the firm grip of the divine, then I can trust to live with a firm grip attitude towards all aspects of my life. And that's what I explore in the book. How long did it take you to write firm grip from the time you thought about it all the way to publication? Well, the entire process from when I finally decided to go ahead and, and acquiesce to this tug, this incessant tug to write the book. When I finally gave into that from uh, until it was published was four and a half years. Of course, in that process, you know, there's the, the planning stages, the writing stages, which were my absolute favorite part was just sitting down and pouring out my heart through my fingertips onto that keyboard and onto that screen. And then the, the self-editing and working with a professional editor and then eventually working my way into the publishing process. Do you feel that you have grown in your faith or has your faith changed while writing Firm Grip? And if so, how? You know, I've always been a person of very intense faith. I was raised that way, and in my adult life, I you know, captured my own faith, so to speak, and made it my own. I wouldn't really say that my faith got stronger. I feel like I had a strong faith. But what it did, Stacy, it was reshaped once again. You know, I, I had a, a lens of how I saw God in my life before going through this cancer journey. When you come to a point of having no choice but to literally trust in His firm grip on my life, regardless of the results. In other words, even though I'm talking to you, to, to you today, the results could have been completely different. And I had to acknowledge that back in those days and recognize this may not go like I hope. My prayers that I am cured of this or that I survive this may not be answered the way that I want them to to be answered. And yet I came to a point of realizing that if I'm truly in the firm grip of the divine, I have to be okay regardless of the result. And as if my permission was needed, I granted the creator of the universe permission to have this be the source of the end of my life. And, and when you do things like that, when you have that type of conversation with the creator of the universe, it reshapes your faith. So I can stand here today and say that my faith is completely reshaped. It is simplified. Uh, I'm not so worried about theology and doctrine anymore as I am just trusting in that, in, that I'm held in that firm grip and just having an incredible peace in the simplicity of knowing I am that loved by the creator of the universe. What is something you realized about how you wanted to live life moving forward? How did I want to live life moving forward? What I wanted to do, I wanted to focus, I wanted to start my days and my days with gratitude. You know, it's such a simple thing, right? It's something we take for granted. I mean, we, you know, I, I have an entire chapter in the book on gratitude. 
but it's something we overlook because we say thank you when someone opens a door for us. If someone gives us a gift or a surprise visit, you know, we feel we feel gratitude. What I started realizing was that's a that's a responsive type of gratitude when someone does something kind for us. And we all we all should hopefully experience that every day and express that kind of gratitude. What I learned about gratitude through the journey of uh, the dark journey of this of this cancer was that I can actually practice intentional gratitude. I, I can intentionally think and do and act and say things that bring my heart and soul and mind into a spirit of gratitude, where I focus on things I'm grateful for, despite the fact that in that moment, there's nothing that has just occurred that's caused me to express gratitude. That's what the biggest change for me. I've learned that if I am living in a spirit of gratitude, it's really difficult to be negative. It's really difficult to be angry. It's really difficult to be uh, short with others or lose my patience or refuse to forgive. Gratitude is a is a life shaper. In fact, in the book, I refer to gratitude as the base note of the firm grip life. Because I really explored in this book, not just different ways to live, but different ways to live that really has become for me a lifestyle. And I refer to it as the firm grip lifestyle. Who would you say is or who are your biggest supporters? Oh, supporters. I mean, my family and friends were the greatest encouragers of me to actually write the book. They continue to support me in that. And when it comes to speaking events, and that's such a joy to look out into a group of people and and see them there, knowing that they were such an integral part of, of this book and the decision for me to write it. So yeah, family and friends have been just wonderful, not just through the cancer process, but just through the process of sharing this story, sharing this message of hope with whoever, you know, happens to come across this book. Yeah, I, I learned in the process, Stacy, that and this is kind of an obvious statement, but it's an important one nonetheless. Cancer patients don't have a monopoly on suffering. There is so much darkness in this world. We see it all around us every day, right? And many of your listeners, as they're hearing these words, might be thinking about the very darkness they're in right now, something difficult they're going through. And and if if someone hasn't experienced darkness yet, Stacy, they just haven't lived long enough. I mean, sadly, it'll come. That is the life we have here on earth, at least at this time. And so what I really wanted to do was not write a book about cancer. I wanted to write a book that would give hope to anyone suffering from any type of darkness, whether it's something they're dealing with now, whether it's something that they have dealt with in the past and they're struggling to find their next steps forward. How do, how do, how do I move forward past what I've just been through? I wanted to offer hope. And so I tell a lot of stories in this book, not just mine. I think my cancer story in this book, all it does is I hope gives me the credibility to offer some of the, the hope that I do offer and some of the ideas that I present that might help a reader shift the way they think, make a few different choices in their life to create a future that is positive and hopeful. Was there anything you left out of Firm Grip that you'd like to share with listeners? The book in and of itself was planned to be include a couple more chapters, but you know, it's a big book. I think it's about 319 pages. So I, I had to cut, cut a couple things out. I think I'm like any other author. You know, after the book is published and after it's out, and as we continue to read and listen to podcasts and, and engage just in, in normal life conversations, you hear things that someone says or that another author uh, may, maybe discusses on a podcast or shares in their book. And you know, you think to yourself... Um, 
oh, I should have, I should have included that. So, I mean, there are a few things like that that come up now, now and then, but I'm really happy to say that, you know, the book has now been out, uh, it'll be a year later this week, which came out on October 29th of 2021. So a year later, as, as we're t- talking today, there, I have no regrets. I don't feel like there's something that big missing piece, nor do I feel like there's anything that doesn't belong. You know, this was a, a real faith journey for me. Honestly, Stacy, I fought right in this book. I was 51 years of age, uh, two kids in college, both playing college baseball, working a full-time law practice, traveling with my wife, you know, extremely busy. I fought the urge to write this book and fought it and fought it and fought it because when was I going to have time to write this book? But the idea wouldn't leave me alone. And I kind of feel like that's more than an idea. I think that was kind of some divine urgings to do this. And I have a real good mentor in my life that I met with and, and discussed this and, and just the, the struggle, the, the internal struggle. Do I, do I attempt this project or not? And when I finally decided I was going to do it. And I told my my mentor, my life coach, my life mentor that I was going to write this book. He was thrilled. And he said, what made you finally decide to do it? And Stacy, I, I looked at him and I said, you know, I, I came to a point where I realized I cannot not write this book. There is a message of hope here. It needs to be written. It needs to be created. It needs to be birthed into this world. And so I'm going to take this on. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know when I'm going to get that writing done. But I decided that I I, was going to do it in my time. I wasn't going to force myself. No artificial deadlines. Um, I do enjoy writing. I really do. The creative process of writing is always something that's been very, given me a lot of peace. And it's just been just such a joy. And I didn't want to ruin that by putting some sort of a deadline on myself as to when this book had to be done. Uh, So I, I took my time. I wrote as time made itself available. I never forced it. There were times that I would sit down and I did most of my writing in a coffee shop. In fact, one of the things I, I really, it's just a, a novelty thing, but I think appendix number one of my book is a list of all the places I wrote the book. And what caused me to keep track of that, I don't know, but I'm so glad I did. Because when I look back through that list now, I have such great memories of sitting in so many of these coffee shops all around the nation, actually. And just the joy I had in, in writing in coffee shops and watching people come and go and just being inspired by the life around me. Just such a, an enjoyable experience for me. But you know that this message just I, I, it had to get out, Stacy, and I can't explain it any way other than that. Not that I had anything unique or that I was special and I had to be the one to write the book, but I just felt that again, maybe just divine urgings. And so I was faithful to that, and I honored that, and I I wrote it in my time, and. It was just an incredible, incredible experience. In fact, I can say that I miss writing this book. And I felt that way. And I knew from the very beginning that this book was not about cancer. I knew this book wasn't just about me and and what I learned. Um, But I wanted to speak to the reader himself, herself. I wanted the words to be read as if they knew I was speaking those words to them because I I just know this, that there is, we do have so much more control over the lives we live and the futures we create than we realize. We so often as humans fall into this kind of robotic pattern of getting up. We kind of know what the day is going to be like because yesterday was very similar to what today is going to be. And if we're not careful, we can fall into a robotic pattern where everything goes on autopilot. We just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next until the day is over. We live unaware of the moments. We live unaware of what is happening in us and around us. We live unaware of the unique relationships we have with the people that we 
work with, that we live with in our homes, that we socialize with, and we can just literally waste our days on autopilot. I didn't want to continue to live my life that way, and I wanted to live in this this acute awareness, an intentional awareness. And I wanted the reader to realize they can do the same thing. And when we live awake and aware, we can be more aware of the thoughts we have, which are so incredibly powerful. We can be more cognizant of the choices we make, which are life creating. And we can be much more in tune with the fact that if the choices I've made in the past have brought me to the life I live today, then the choices I live today can help me create the future I will live tomorrow. And to the extent I can control that, number one, why wouldn't I? And number two, what do I want it to look like? But to make that happen, we have to be intentional, take our lives off autopilot, and we have to work towards living our lives much more aware and awake and intentional so that we can create that future we want. And the premise of this book is we can do that despite living an imperfect life and despite the adversity that will surely come our way. Things like cancer, things like the death of a child, things like a relationship that tragically ends when someone walks out the door and says, I'm done. All these things that our readers, your your listeners and your podcast experience and live. What I want to say is there's hope. You don't have to be stuck there. I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that what is in this book will make those things go away. That'll never happen. Life is going to happen and it's always going to be hard. But what I do believe is that we can make some choices in how we live, even in the midst of adversity, where we can thrive even when life doesn't go as well. It can be very easy to get in that autopilot mode where you're just going through the motions and getting through the day-to-day and you're not paying attention to anything outside of that day or that world. And before you know it, like you said, it's 10 years later and you're like, wow, where did time go? And let's face it, there's nothing startling about that, right? Early in the book, I confess, I have no secret pill here. I don't have anything new, but what I do have to offer is a reminder of some really important life issues that sometimes we overlook because they seem too simple to apply to our real life problems. Like, well, living more awake, living in gratitude, you know, expressing gratitude, being intentional about expressing gratitude, writing out a gratitude list, identifying something in the morning that you're going to focus your gratitude on that day. At the end of the night, being intentional again to say, what surprise happened today? What what happened that wasn't planned that I'm just so grateful for? Rather than just simply letting those moments pass unnoticed, unaware of them, and we lose the ability to engage these intentional practices that can really enhance our life. And they're simple. They're simple things. Yeah, I don't have a five-step plan. I don't even have a three-step plan in the book. I share some practical wisdom that I've learned on the hard road of a cancer journey. And I just hope that what it does is it brings some light into the lives of, of some of the readers and it helps them realize that, yeah, my life's not not perfect either, Bill. But if I, if I just live with some more intentionality, man, despite the imperfectness of my life, it can still be beautiful. It can be so rich and rewarding and full. And I just wanted, I wanted to share that message. Of course, you just said that you missed writing this book. So listeners are now going to wonder, are you writing another book? And if so, what can you share with us? 
I have to say this, that I am not currently writing another book. Again, I'm, I think I'm a little bit different than a lot of the other authors you've had on here, that you know, writing books was just you know, a lifelong you know, goal for them. Because it wasn't mine, I don't feel the need to write another book simply to write another book. I, I can say that if I do write another book, and it, it very well may happen, it very well may happen, but it's going to have to be something that is, again, geared towards faith-based uh, it'll also be a book that is um, nonfiction, and it will be written with the hopes that it, it makes an impact on the lives of its readers in a way that their life is better. The idea of writing a novel is daunting to me. I have nothing, nothing but the utmost respect for those who write novels. I, I couldn't even imagine attempting that, Stacey. I think, you know, nonfiction and my, my memoir-ish, I say memoir-ish because it's more than just a memoir. That was as daunting as that was. I couldn't imagine writing a novel. But, you know, I, I, will, I will continue to write, even if it's just blogs, even if it's just articles, even if it's just for me, because I think there's even value in that. Because in sitting down and writing even words that maybe I only read, that's life-giving. There, there's so much in that, to be able to express your thoughts, express your creativity, put focused effort, and out of nothing, something is created that is meaningful, even if only to me. What advice would you give to someone who is looking to self-publish? Well, I'm going to say this, and I mean it, first and foremost, write a really good book, <laughs> right? Make a really good book. And that starts out by writing a good book, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or any other genre, and then make a really good book. And what I mean by that is pay attention to the details in the publishing process, from the cover design to the interior layout, to the, the various levels of editing, to you know, even having headers on, on the pages, um, making sure your copyright page is done perfectly, professionally, your endnotes or your footnotes, your everything. Make sure you make a really, really good book. And I say that because of this. If you make a really, really good book, it doesn't matter if it was published by one of the big five or you publish the entire thing yourself. If it's a good book, it's a good book it's a good book. So focus your efforts first and foremost on making a really good book that starts with the writing and it ends with paying incredible attention to the details involved in the publishing process itself. Where can listeners follow you and find your book? My book is found just about anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, as they say, anywhere where fine books are sold. As far as finding me, you can find me at my website. That would be BillNelsonAuthor.com. You can follow me on social media, on Instagram. I'm at at underscore BillNelson underscore. Uh, on Facebook, I'm at at BillNelsonAuthor. On Twitter, I'm at at underscore BillNelson. Or you can email me, bill at billnelsonauthor.com. And I love hearing from listeners. Bill, thank you so much for being part of our season six. We encourage all of our listeners and followers to find Bill, follow him, and check out Firm Grip. Thank you, Stacy. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Our next Writing Wall podcast will air March 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can catch this USA Today best-selling indie author and fellow podcaster and former Writing Wall supporter of Season 4, S.E. Smith, on Amazon.
and our Buy Me a Coffee page that same day at 12 p.m. If you haven't yet, drop by our Buy Me a Coffee and hear Bill Nelson's exclusive Season 6 Extra. And be sure to check out our blog each Monday morning at 8 a.m. for updates and details about upcoming authors. Our newsletter is also available this month where you can find our podcast schedule, guest information, and more. Our March special guest author Q&A for the What's Your Story newsletter is author Paul Attaway. He'll be talking his sequel to Blood in the Low Country, Eli's Redemption. Thank you for joining us this Saturday because we all have a story. The Writing Wall podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? Precise, unbiased. That's our friends at Scribblesworth Book Reviews. Scribblesworth is not only a safe haven for writers where they can get free tools, knowledge, and resources to help themselves, but also a place to help each of their clients to reach more readers with less and less effort over time. Check out their book reviews, e-magazine, awards, articles, and more. Just visit scribblesworth.wordpress.com or follow Julio Carlos on Twitter at Julio underscore reviews. Because we all have a story, Scribblesworth Book Reviews wants to read yours, and the Writing Wall Podcast wants to share it. What is your story? think music in itself is healing. We're all familiar with Spotify and various music platforms that provide us with the options of listening to whichever genre strikes our fancy or sparks our imaginations. I myself have several playlists that over the years I've listened to, sometimes in the car, sometimes while reading, and even while writing. Albeit a lot of my music centers around oldies, classical, jazz, and some singer-songwriters, I have always loved how much it connects us to whatever it is we're watching or doing. After all, most of us can almost recall our favorite song from high school, the song that was played during our first dance, and one that reminds us of a time we spent with loved ones. So it should come as no surprise that our books are no different. Novel playlists are a great way to promote, but to also boost readers' interest in our stories. Here are some things to consider if you want to put together an amazing playlist. The first one being your character's personalities. Are they dark? Are they funny? Are they a little rugged? Or are they more modern? Pivotal moments in your stories can also have music added. Action scenes, sad scenes, even scenes from where your characters are plotting or planning their next move or moves. They can all have their own tunes. To build a playlist, just use any platform that lets you create them, like Spotify, YouTube, and so on. We hope you'll give this a try, and if you do, reach out to us. We would love to hear what you've come up with, and we'll share with our listeners and followers. And if you would like to hear our playlist for Dividing Ridge or Devil's Ridge, you most certainly can. Visit us on social media and click our Linktree URL, at dridgebooks on Twitter, or at Dividing Ridge Author on Instagram.
Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave.